This is a Hot Pie Original. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Inhumane Podcast, the Hot Pie Media Original. We are here in episode 17. And today we are talking to the hopeful mom, Barb Winters. Barb is out of Florida and she is a mom and a woman on a mission um, to helping parents. Barb, she really encourages and supports um, parents who are going through their kids either being addicted or just now in the beginning stages of watching or exposed to pornography. Um, She's especially concerned and a huge focus on parents going through their own process of, of, of dealing, of dealing with this. Um, I know she really talks about like grief quite a bit and she really works on educating the kids um, and parents as well with being open, having those difficult conversations and really just being comfortable with being uncomfortable um, with their children and the fight in fighting the new drug of pornography. So let's listen into her. So, um, you know, the great thing about uh, Barb, like, Barb and I were on this anti-human trafficking training webinar. Her and I were still trying to figure out like, because we're on so many, we were like, what is the exact one? Um, But, you know, um, Barb is a mom and a woman on a mission. um, And we met and we were both really active in that chat. And I remember you sharing a piece. It was obviously completely relevant to, to human trafficking and to your space. Um, and you shared something that just really, really stood out to me. And it was about your experience, um, you know, with pornography. And instantly, I just knew I was like, I got to talk to this lady. And um, I need to see if she's going to come on the Inhumane podcast. And I do it all the time when obviously when it's someone that really stands out. And I feel it's a topic that our listeners are wanting because we get so many of these questions. Um, And when we're in a human an anti-human trafficking, right, like training or webinar, and we're not face to face or in a room, I'm like, mm, I hope these people are okay. And I'm like, here, look me up. I promise I am not someone because, you know, we're just in that realm, right? right? Teaching people to be careful. <laughs> so here yes. I am contacting people during this, you know, during a training. So um, that's kind of our story. And like I said, you just had, it, it just really, really stood out to me. I'm like, hmm. And so then I looked you up with the site that you gave me and I was just intrigued. So I thought, you know, everyone's always asking me, how do I stop human trafficking? What can I do? What can I do to protect my own? What can I do with the community to help stop it? What? And I feel this is a number one topic on how to prevent human trafficking and how to stop it altogether. So if you would love to share, um, you know, your story, you and I will just kind of talk about that. I think it's just so fascinating. Absolutely. So yeah, my story um, involves pornography, which I'll get into in a moment. Um, And when this all happened, I was completely unaware of the fact that pornography and human trafficking are highly linked. And Mm -hmm. so I know that you and I are going to make that link later. But my story starts about almost six years ago, because my family and I had just moved to Florida. And my husband and I were walking around our neighborhood, taking in our beautiful new surroundings 
things. The sun was shining. It was just fabulous. And as we rounded the corner to come back to our house, we could see across our busy street, my son standing in our yard and he was jumping up and down. He was hysterical. He was crying. He was motioning at us. We'd forgotten our phones. So he'd been trying to call us. He couldn't get us. And he was, he was just a mess. And, you know, both of our hearts just dropped because yeah. we just couldn't figure out what is going on. Um, is his sister lying in a pool of blood? Is the house on fire? What is the deal? And so we finally were able to cross that busy street and get to him. He was uh, blubbering, basically, and I could hear bits and pieces of his story. I was watching pornographies, uh, something about a warning, something about police. Um, And so finally, when I was able to kind of calm him down a little bit to figure it out, um, we deduced that he had been watching pornography and a bogus warning had come up on his uh, device saying that if he didn't pay them money, they were going to call the police. And so he was fearful that mm-hmm. he was about to be arrested for watching porn. Now, this was completely out of our radar. We had yeah. no idea, just no idea that that this was going on in our home. Um, and so here I am standing in the beautiful Florida sunshine with the green grass and the, the blue sky and the flowers blooming all around us. And yet I was hearing words that would change the trajectory of my mom life. Wow. And, um, you know, we were grateful that it was bogus warning. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also grateful that it came to light because, you know, we really had no idea this was going on. And my husband and I, I did what what we could um, to rectify that situation. Um, we put some filters in place. We put some parental controls in place. We chatted with him quite a bit. Um, but a year and a half later, we found out that he was still involved, actually even addicted to pornography. And through all that, I was just a mess. I mean, my mom heart was dying on the inside. I had all the feels, shock and anger and confusion and guilt and fear and betrayal, all the feels, but mostly the overlying uh, emotion was loneliness because mm-hmm. I didn't feel as if I could talk with anybody about this. It's yeah. not like I could go to my best friend over coffee and say, Hey, my son's watching porn. How about yours? You know, mm-hmm. it's just not something that we talk about. So true. And Yeah. You know, it's just that stigma that that's uh, on it. And so I had the shame and the guilt and all that. And I tried to find help online and I could find all this help for him. You know what to do as a when your child with your child, if they've got a problem like this, that sort of thing. But I was not able to find help for myself. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we went through a couple of years of helping him. And, um, thankfully he is free, uh, of this addiction. And so he's walking in recovery and we're very excited about that. But as I researched and as I was learning about it, I found out that 93% of boys and 62% of girls are exposed to porn before age 18. And let me tell you that statistic is very old. So I would say it's higher than that. Um, but as I was reading that statistic, a light bulb kind of went off in my mind and I thought, if, 
a high percentage of children have seen porn or are searching for porn or they're watching it on a regular basis, then that means a very high percentage of parents have children who are seeing it, watching it, right. uh, et cetera. So why aren't we talking about it? Yeah. It just makes no sense to me. Like, why aren't we talking about it? And so I decided I was going to be the one <laughs> I was going to talk about it. Uh, so I started my website, which is what you were saying you probed, um, hopefulmom.net, so that I could be there to support and encourage other parents yeah. and let them know, look, you're not alone. As a matter of fact, there's more of us out there than we can possibly imagine. And so you're not alone. And they're also in the past couple of years, as part of my story here, I started working at a local nonprofit and this, and um, you and I chatted a little bit about it. The um, nonprofit, um, we go into local schools and we teach um, how to avoid risky behaviors. Mm -hmm. And one of those risky behaviors is sexual activity. Another is violence. And so as part of that, we teach about human trafficking and we talk about online grooming. So, Mm -hmm. so that's, that's my story and why I'm here today. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I think that's the, like, how old was your son when the day you are crossing the street and y'all uncovered? He was 14. So he was 14. He was, Mm -hmm. but now I'm close to us. He, he started watching pornography when he was nine or 10. We haven't been able to nail down an exact Mm -hmm. um, time, but you know, it had been that long that he was involved. So, you know, the question that, that, that I receive, and I think that it it becomes such big uh, conversation is like, okay, well, surely it's only teenagers. Surely Mm -hmm. that's because, you know, teenagers have more uh, access to websites and they know what they're looking for. And I'm like, no, it's way bigger than that where, you know, literally kids, I mean, kids are watching YouTube these days, right? And they could be watching a kid channel, but there are so many people hacking in. Like I've been sent so many emails from parents once the pandemic started and school moved all to online. You've had parents say, hey, my kid was online and someone hacked into the school district, which, of course, they're not talking about. Right. And they don't want it to be out there. But there were male parts that were popping up on the screen or female parts, you know, to third graders, second graders. Right. And um, you and I actually you sent me the email saying, hey, we kind of said a had a similar um, podcast episode, right, of like it ain't your daddy's porn. And. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, kids had magazines back then or they had cards. And so not believing that an elementary child is actually um, exposed to porn, I think, is detrimental to child safety altogether, as well as your your home. Right. So do you um, have any info about like when it starts or more people accessing it or more kids being exposed to it at a young age? Yeah, there's a recent study, actually 2019. So when I say mm-hmm. recent, yeah. it's still before the pandemic. So mm-hmm. 2019, um, the uh, BBFC, I think is what it was. Oh, don't quote me on that. But they did a study and they're saying that the average exposure is now 11. Right. The average age of exposure is 11 with most kids stumbling on it accidentally. And a lot of kids finding it between age six and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, average 11, which we 
means a ton of kids under that age. So yeah, we definitely need to be talking about it way before the teenage years. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Because I think that, right, that's just another... I don't want to say it's a facade on us telling ourselves, but we're so used to only thinking, well, it's high school where there are hormones. And so then they kind of look for it or they ask questions. And, and yes, that's fair. However, we do know in a lot of demographics, you have middle schools that have daycares. So sex is happening. Right. And then in elementary, um, it's not that they're looking for it. It's just, they have access to, um, they're online. And so people have access to them. And yes, a child's not sexual at, you know, eight years old. However, they're being exposed to it. And then they have quite, and then they share, right? They may share it as well. And not in a malicious way, not harmful, not even sexual. It's just like, oh my gosh, look, this was sent to me kind of thing. Then you got that shared porn happening, right? And so they're mortified themselves, but they're also shameful where they're not going to tell their parents, Hey, look, look what what was sent to me. Um, Because it's not a normal conversation. So because the parents haven't brought it up and used these words, then all of a sudden it, it's got that shame, like you're saying, or they, they don't know what to do with it. They, they could just think it's no big deal. And so they don't tell their parents because they don't even understand that it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, they're moving on. Like uh, I know, um, some other organizations, right. And their, their focus definitely is, is, is porn as well. And they're like, you know, when it comes to boys, right. Especially in the human trafficking space, um, most of the conversation is all about females. And right. so what we're, when we want to stop the demand and we're talking about men need to stop buying sex, well, then you also have to see the correlation with pornography and yeah. when these boys are on and they're gaming all day or whatever the time frame is that they're gaming, parents aren't realizing that adults are in those gaming chat rooms. And so if it's a third group of third grade boys and they're playing, but like you said, something pops up on their screen, yeah. they're like, okay. And then they move on because they're in the middle yeah, of the game. Or they're being groomed. Like you said, Absolutely. we actually have, when we go into schools, we have a photo that we show kids because um, a couple of years ago in a county near to us, there were a gang of human traffickers Mm -hmm. that actually were online gaming and you know they don't they don't show their avatars of who they are really you know they're they acted like another 12 or 13 year old boy and they lured this 12 year old close to us Mm -hmm. and he went to their house because they were ragging on parents and oh well our parents will let you game it's no big deal come over to our house i mean something like that sure and sure enough he goes and and they took him and mm-hmm. he was gone for a year being trafficked now thankfully he was rescued yeah and that's not how it always is because they, they don't always actually take you but right you know they he was groomed mm-hmm. yes yeah. and, and so besides just pictures popping up, you also have these people that are purposely going out there Mm -hmm. and they're fulfilling a need because everybody wants to belong and everybody wants to feel loved and accepted. And when they fill that need, I mean, you know, more than I do about all this, that person is lured in and all of a sudden they're hooked for whatever ways. Mm -hmm. And then 
um, you know, they're off and running and they don't even realize they're being trafficked. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you talking about that actually brings up a, a newer conversation that um, in the anti-human trafficking space we were having. And this was just last week. And, um, you know, I, I've shared many, many a times of like, hey, traffickers will take their time grooming your child. They don't care that you don't have like you. Let's, for example, me um, growing up, I wasn't allowed to stay at anyone's house. Uh, my even my windows were like painted shut. Like my dad was like, no in or out period. Like there is nobody coming over either. So you can, there's parents that are like that where they're like, no, you're, you're going to be here um, where I watch you all the time. Um, you're not allowed in other people's homes for safety reasons. Yet that online access is becoming more dangerous than having physical access. So like you're saying, okay, they may not have taken them, right? But right. They have access to do whatever they want because your kid's playing a game in their room, your kid's on the right. computer in the in the bathroom, right, or or whatever, where pictures can be taken and things can be asked of them. Well, I say all that because the conversation we were having last week is, um, you know, people are asking the question, "Well, how long does it take to groom them?" And honestly, that stat has changed because kids are online so much more now mm -hmm. since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And you're talking, um, law enforcement has given like anywhere from 24 to 72 hours. They can have your kid like that already mm -hmm. sharing pornography or luring your luring your child basically right with sure. force, fraud or coercion um, to do something that they shouldn't be doing. So that is a scarier, fast turnaround time. To get your kid right to do something right. that they don't know that they're doing, that they're absolutely being coerced in some way, shape or form. Um, so that status change and it just it, it frightens me that more and more parents aren't aware, right, that yeah. this stuff is going on. And so right. more so, like I feel our, our mission and our purpose in life. It's like, oh, my gosh, we were already behind the curve. Now I feel like yeah. we, we got to jump it up even more. Right. right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And and we need to talk about it. Yeah. Because it is there. And when you talked about it being, you know, it's it's in our homes, mm -hmm. it's in our pockets. Um, you know, I I try and caution parents that, hey, you know, you're not going to throw a pile of drugs on the coffee table yeah. and ask your kid to say no to that over and over and over all day long. So why are you going to put porn in their pocket mm -hmm. and expect them to say no to it over and over and over? Because that's what we're expecting them Oof, to do. That's so good. That's such a great yeah. visual. I love that because we so I mean, right, let's let's be real. Pornography it, with this hypersexual world that we're living in. Right. Is right. we're normalizing pornography, plain and simple, yes. right? Culture, pop culture, our musicians, our celebrities, our even our politicians, everything is hypersexualized and we're normalizing porn. So right. while we're normalizing porn, <laughs> I even think with parents, they even start to normalize it themselves, right? And in the home. So with that visual you gave, they're like, oh, well, Barb, of course, I'm not going to put, you know, uh, cocaine or opioids on the on the table. Right? right. Because they're like, oh, well, this is just, you know, it's kind of our culture. Like everyone wears a bikini nowadays or, you know, boobs are out all the time. And I'm like, yes. However, the context 
And that being exposed to kids is different than adults making that choice. So I think it's taking them down that direction because you know what I mean? They just, they see drugs and that comparison and as well as with guns and violence, you're like, Oh, well, Mm -hmm. of course I wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not that kind of parent. I'm like, yeah, but (laughs) we want you to see how simple a pornography as well gets into our brain. And we've done an episode on what it does to your brain. And and I'm just like, it really is that comparable. Drugs on the table, porn on the table really is. I love that. Yeah. And I listened to that podcast and it was fabulous. Um, and you know, there is, there is, um, proof that a pornography addiction looks just as bad on your brain as drug addiction. That's right. And so we need to think of it in the same way. And while we're normalizing it in the negative, let's normalize it in the positive too. Mm -hmm. So we want to talk about it. We don't want to ignore it. Yeah. We want to normalize it and talk about it, but we want to make sure they understand the dangers, just like we talk about the dangers of drugs, just like we talk about the dangers of, of, um, what you were saying, the gun selling and buying and selling guns and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the undergroundness of it all. Let's, let's talk about it and let's not be afraid of the word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're so right. And see, I think, I think that's the other thing, right? With, with parents. Um, So you're going to have probably a split. So you have the parents who grew up where porn was very shameful, right? It was like in the dark, you wouldn't be caught with that and all of that. And then you have younger, yeah, right, totally. And then you have the younger, uh, younger, younger parents, which granted, their kids probably are not of age of yet. They may be toddlers kind of, you know, age group, but they're more of like, ah, I mean, porn, like porn is sex positive porn. I'm like, I'm not even going to talk about that subject right now. It's like, fine, if you agree to it, but having children, it's not sex positive and it's not empowering to have 14, 10 year olds, 17 year olds and eight year olds looking at porn. It's just not their brain is not developed. If nothing else because we're such in a science-based kind of culture as well. At least look at the science that we're talking about. The brain, the right. brain can't handle that. It's not developed. And then, like you, like you mentioned what happened here, son, the addiction. Addiction is real, but we don't see addiction to porn. We only see addiction to, right, to, to drugs, basically. That's right. how we see it. And I'm like, do you want your child addicted to porn? Because it can happen happen. As simple as teenagers sending, um, you know, naked pics to one of an, one another. Right. It, it can literally start off just like that. Right. I mean, and you never know who who's going to get addicted and who isn't. Right. So, yeah, you want to be careful. Just like we say it's illegal to have alcohol before age 21. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be treating it similarly. Like, let's yeah. let's give them a chance to make a decision. And we um, it something else we talk about at the schools is that 90% of addictions start in the teenage years. And that's why, because their brains aren't developed enough yet. Right. And they, they're easily uh, roped into any types of addiction. So yeah, let's give them a positive chance. Right, here. right. And that actually, that actually makes me question if, if we're starting to see all these, uh, all this research and statistics of teenagers already being addicted to porn, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, how old were they when they started, right? Like that should make people think about that and say, this may be a bigger problem than like our opioid 
issue, right? Which I believe oh, it God. is. <laughs> I believe it is too. Yeah. Um, because it's almost like it's, this I believe is kind of that silent killer, right? Because like yes. we said, it's in our homes. Um, right. And yes, we have these filters. And I think I think a lot of parents do a good job with like filters, but they don't mm-hmm. realize the level of filters and security they have to have for no porn to be on your kids' devices. Yeah. Well, there is no such thing. That's exactly I mean, it. Filter, it's not <laughs> And what we want to do is make it hard for them to get at or to accidentally stumble upon. Yeah. Because I am like, I preach filters. Mm-hmm. Like I am pro filters on, on your Wi-Fi and on your devices and using parental controls. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we want to, we want those guardrails up. We want to make it difficult, especially for the little ones. Ugh, we, we're handing yeah. tablets to three and four and five-year-old kids we need to understand that you, if you don't have parental controls on there, mm-hmm. they're going to accidentally stumble upon it. And I, I mean, yeah. I had a mom tell me recently that a, their four-year-old was, they had put, given them some device to watch a YouTube video that was kid friendly. And when that video was over, a, a video came up, a pornographic video. Yeah. And then thankfully the four-year-old just brought the device to her and said, mm. here you go. Um, I don't know so what that, this is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. You're right. Opposed to like, <laughs> continue to watch it. And oh, like, how you know mortifying, that? right? Like, would you be like, I oh know. my gosh, I gave that to you. And I know. Why don't we have yeah. that same thought and feeling, right? Of being mortified when you're 12 year old. I gave yeah. my, I pay for my 12 year old's device. Right. Something popped up. I'm not as mortified as if it was a right. four-year-old. You see what I mean? Like, right. Don't yes. we have different emotions yes. and reactions? And yes. I don't like, it's normal for a 12 year old, but not for a four-year-old. It's like, no, right. we're no, stealing. It's not normal for anybody. Yeah. And we're stealing their childhood this way. Right. Like kids yeah. are not being kids. And I love that you're saying like, you know, we got to keep ta- having this conversation. And my favorite is you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like I grew up in, I could never say the word pornography or porn. I could never say the word uh, sex. Like I yeah. literally would spell it out to here I am 30, 35, <laughs> still spelling the word out, you know, but when I really got into this fight 12 years ago, it probably took me a good like five years to start saying the words because I'm yes. like, Hey, we have to have this real conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with right with porn. It's like, yeah. I'm not saying it to, you know, um, because it's not a dirty word. yeah, it's not a dirty word. You're absolutely right. It's it's dirty and it should fire you up that yes. society really is not protecting kids all over the place because all they have access. They have access like kid friendly. And then how is it the algorithm can all of a sudden pop up? Yeah. With, with something pornographic in it. Right. And that's yeah. a problem I have with big tech and a lot of companies that we know in reality, they really no matter what they're selling or the service they're providing, they're still big tech because they have all of our data. Right. And they sell our right. data and they have all these algorithms that can totally monitor these things. Right. Um, but why would they? Right. So right, because there's no there's a ton of money in it. You know, that's right. Mm-hmm. As well as I know that it's a the pornography industry is a zillion. Well, it's a billion dollar industry, mm-hmm. literally somewhere between six and thirty five billion dollars. I mean, right. they can't agree, but yeah. it's huge. 
It's huge. It's so you know, mm-hmm. so there's no money in, in blocking it because they know the porn industry knows that the earlier they catch our kids, the right. longer they have a consumer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's there's a link to human trafficking is they need they yep. need people. Okay, everyone, I'm sure that was some great info with Barb and her sharing her story when her son was addicted to pornography. Um, We're going to push pause, but we want you to come back for episode 18 because she is going to give parents some resources in one on covering if your child is watching porn um, and then some resources on helping parents work with their children in regards to, to fighting pornography. And we just want to kid, let kids be kids. So join us for episode 18. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other hot pie media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the hot pie media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.